This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big cracker dolls with Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money on the Yo, what up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the Tinfoil Hat Titan, a.k.a. the Conspiracy Realist, a.k.a. the Technology Snob, Steve Jobs Jr., don't text me with your green bubbles, a.k.a. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach, also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me, Mr. If You Don't Like Me, Fight Me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me, a.k.a. the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man, Dame Going Wild, West Side Landlord, the pride of PA, High Chief Dame Don't Fuck Around, the liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite dame. And the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk Podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. Let's go. Uh, welcome back, Shop Talk Podcast episode. I don't know. It's 128. 128. It's I can't remember if last week was 128 or not. You know, I got you back. I, I got was, you back. I was looking for an app shit. <laughs> episode 128. Welcome back. You know what I don't do enough, man? And I, I think about this shit. Every time we about to record and it never happens. I just want to give a, a huge shout out to everybody who listens and tunes in every week, man. Man, that's amazing. Because the love that we get from week to week, from tags, um, from people sending me different shit. DMs, just random DM, shit that we get throughout the week from people that I don't even have I get three no or, clue. I get three or four requests or like, hey, look, this may be a, a um a suggestion for whose man's is this and shit like that. Like, I just like, I appreciate everybody who listens to the show and people who listen to the show. Sometimes like, I just don't assume that just because we're friends or we follow each other on. So I, I don't assume that you listen. Yeah. Cause you don't owe me shit. Right. Like I, I appreciate it if you do, but I know niggas that's following me. That's my, my friends that don't listen. Yeah. So like, uh, and there's no shade. I mean, yeah, literally anything nothing. like you got to find what's your flavor. I say that to say this, like I'll have a conversation with somebody who I do not know listens and they'll mention to it. I'd be like, Oh shit. Like I didn't know you listen. Yeah. Thank you. Like I like, thank you. So you shout out to y'all, man. Cause it takes a lot to take an hour, hour and a half out of your week every week for 128 weeks. Yeah, dog. Just to listen to us kick shit sometimes. You know, what I mean, we can be a lot of things, man. But I tell you one thing is that we, I am not a lot of things, and I am a lot of things. But what I am and what we are being is consistent. Fuck yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like 128 weeks, and low key, we have more than 128 episodes. We do. We just didn't number them all that way. Yeah. So it's it's really to tell you perfectly. I'll tell you how many. Uh, I've probably given this podcast more effort than I have some relationships I've been. <laughs> we've posted 131 tracks okay. in this time. We we've done 131 episodes, but this is going to be episode 128. And um, somebody asked me like, why we be counting our episodes? And I'm like, well, it's like history. It is, but I do also need you to know when you tuning in. 
that we not new to this. We true to this. For facts. And we one of the first. Yeah. Like we was really, not even like on some, like we really gave other people inspiration. A lot of this shit is just fly by night. Niggas wake up one day and they think because y'all got a funny group text what that y'all can have a. I mean, we got a studio. I'm I'm 100% okay with that. But I'm I be I be happy when people who come to me like look man y'all inspire me to want to start one how do I do it and uh, I think that's dope but I do want to let people know that this ain't this not we've been here yeah we put in work fucking <laughs> 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 we've been here. I was looking at something like uh some of the old pictures and clips from the place that we previously recorded at like yeah. the shit seemed like yesterday yeah but like we going on what our third year in our own spot yeah. Well, uh, second year, second yeah. year, second year in our own spot. Cause I listened to some of the old episodes from the old spot, and it sounded better now. Now the mm-hmm. old spot sounded better than when we first started recording this off the janky equipment. Yeah, and then I started buying equipment, and sometimes it'll sound good. Sometimes it sound. We were just man. Learning. We used to fuck up every week. You know Jay. We used to fuck something <laughs> up every week. <laughs> Thank yeah. God that they had like some backup shit and we was recording on these motherfucking iPhones and we used to fuck something up yeah, every motherfucking week. What uh shout out to everybody, man, who be fucking with us, dog. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. it. Facts. One fan a day. Um one also, fan a day. Um I do gotta remember this episode is actually brought to you by Family Na- Family Game Night. Come on, get it right. They're paying. Hey man, listen. I am so happy about this damn game. I'm happy that as you uh, playing it on Thanksgiving. Facts, absolutely, man. Okay. Um, family game night. So the whole concept around it is a young lady wanted to know more about her family, so she asked her father, like, "Well, who's my grandfather? Who's my uncle? Who's this?" So she and the family got together and they created a game where you can play with your family and you win points. By answering the questions correctly, so you and your your daughter and your kids around, and your and your sister that I've never seen before, right? If the question says who's your grandmother, your grandmother is a different answer than your son's, right? Right. And you know what I'm saying, like that. So it helps you learn, but it's also fun with the friends and the family. So this Thanksgiving, I'm gonna be playing with it, okay, with the whole fam. So you should go to uh, let me get the website correct, FNG Games. Let me make sure that's correct. Yes, fgngames.com and order Family Game Night First Edition. Um, it's really, really dope. And oh. they, they bring this episode to you. Uh, how was your week, my brother? Uh, week was good, man. I made it through another one. I ain't had no shit, no crazy shit that really popped off in my life this week, thank yeah. God. Uh, Yo, I want to shout out my youngin. My my uh my daughter went out for the volleyball team and she almost created her own special. Well, she did create a story time with Dame this week. Cause <laughs> really? I'm, I don't want to. I don't never want to jump out on the ledge and say like I have a favorite child because that's that's probably really wrong. But it's the truth. But like me and my me and my daughter, like the relationship is like really special. Yeah, because that's my baby girl. And nigga, like she. She's becoming a teenager. Mm-hmm. And like this week she had like a fucking like a teenage blow up with me. And I didn't you I didn't know what do. the fuck to do because like she was. Ye- so let me let me paint the whole picture. Do I 
is it appropriate for me to get story time with Dame music when I tell a story about my child? Um, not the freaky things. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got yeah, to we find, gotta, we gotta find something else to find some different music. Find something know. else to throw in there. Yeah, freaky tales is not acceptable when I'm talking about my soon to be teenage daughter. But so my baby girl come home from school. Shit, what was it? Monday night, and she like, Dad, I'm trying out for volleyball. Okay. I'm like bet. Okay. I'm like bet. And she's a she's like a naturally gifted athlete. I would I don't want to go on a limb and say that she's more gifted of an athlete than her brothers, but like she I thought you were about to say her father. Oh no, no, because the skill set comes from my side of the of the gene pool. Okay. I mean I haven't ever seen you do anything athletic. I did play football in high school. I missed it. Ran track. You ran Force, track? Well, you had to run track in order to play football. On, like, you had Hold to stay on, in man. shape. Hold on, man. We learn something new every week. Now, I'm not going to say here like I was out there running no fucking meets. Nigga. I was, like, doing track practice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, I wouldn't run in the four or the two. Like, not none of that. In my two-year stint at Cass Tech, you know, I did run track. And that would have been the same time that you was there. And I don't remember seeing you. You know what I'm saying? I was a year older than you. Oh, so you're in ninth grade, you ran track. <laughs> no, I ran. I ran. In the spring of tenth grade, going into eleventh, I ran. For so that'd have been my ninth grade year. Okay, the year I was running. Okay, well, no, I, I, don't, I don't remember you. I just I did a couple practices. Oh, I okay. ran track. I just wanted to. Yeah, I ran track. So, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't just mean did, to digress off your story. But I, because I, I knew once I saw my grades and I knew I wasn't gonna be eligible, I said fuck that track shit. Mm. But anyway, so my baby girl decided she's gonna try out for volleyball. So I'm like, bet you know, I know she got some shorts or whatever shit that you need to try out for a fucking team. So, nigga, about four months ago, I bought her these J's, and she hated these motherfuckers. I don't know why. Like, when we was in the store, she loved them. When we got to the crib, she hated these bitches. Well, I said, I just bought them. They yours. I ain't taking them back. So, she gave me the whole sob story about, all oh, the shoes don't fit. The shoe. Like, after about, three, after about two, three months, she's like, the shoes don't fit no more. So, I was like, all right, well, we're getting ready to go back to school any damn way. I'll buy you some more kicks. Right. You know, we'd be cool. So she had the shoes sitting in this bag by the door. And the shoes had been there for like, let's say, six weeks. So one day I tripped over these motherfuckers coming in the house. I said, fuck this. She said they don't fit nowhere. I'm going to toss the hose out. So I tossed the shoes out. Why would you do that? She said they didn't fit. It's, they new shoes, fam. What, what I'm supposed to do with them? Give them to the Goodwill, Salvation okay, well, Army, shit, anybody. All right, well, I tossed the shoes. Brand you, new J's? They wouldn't brand, like, once kids wear shoes, they not new no more. Like, Damn. they fucked. Okay, man, go ahead. Though. Like, they, they, they hoop shoes at this point. <laughs> all right. You, and you know the difference between your hoop shoes and your your, your real shits. Your daughter don't hoop. She, but, but she a kid. <laughs> she playing. She running, jumping, and, you know, doing... Kid shit. All right. So whatever. I threw the shoes out. So come Tuesday morning and it's time to go to school, she looking for these bitches. And she's having like a complete freak out because she ain't had no other she didn't bring no other shoes with her to wear. She just had her school shoes and that was it. So she having a fucking meltdown right now. Now we got to get the fuck out the house. Like we leave out the house at seven in the morning. It's like seven ten. She's still like Daddy gonna be late for work. <laughs> well, I ain't you know, I'm salary when I I get there when I get there. Oh, yeah, for your pay, but <laughs> you can't be late every day. Like. Nah, but I'm pretty I'm pretty consistent. My boss even made a joke that about me coming in late and leaving early all the time. Uh one of my homeboys said, if uh you come to work after eight o'clock, you're not a professional. 
Bro, I'm not a motherfucking professional. He said, no matter what time you start. <laughs> he said, you come to work after eight o'clock, unless your unless your job specifically says come in after that, you're not a professional. I'm not a professional then, and I'm cool with that. So she looking up and down for these shoes. Now I didn't have a heart to tell her that the shoes ain't here. You piece of <laughs> shit. I did. <laughs> she looking everywhere for these motherfuckers and shit. Uh, baby, let's go. Yeah, and I. <laughs> And she's like, I can't go to school without my, without my shoes. She's trying to make the team and everything. So this is so. After about 10, 15 minutes of letting her fake look for these shoes, no, she really looking. <laughs> yeah, she you look- fake. You fake looking with her. <laughs> you know, like like how a nigga lose ten dollars and it suddenly end up in your pocket, but you helping them look. I'm helping her look for these shoes. <laughs> I finally break down. I'm like, look, baby, I threw the shoes out. Now she full blown. Oh, cause, yes. Like, she is yelling at me, like, why did you do that? Why? I need the shoes today. And I felt so bad, so I, I gave her a few options. I said, cool, daddy fucked up. What I can do for you, I right. said, yeah, I was I was humbling myself because she had me shook for well, a you second. You know the, the management shit. Yeah. Don't tell me what, what you I, can't do. What I can, what do, I for can you. do for you is. So I was like, look, baby, <laughs> daddy threw the shoes out. And I'm sorry, I messed up. We've been looking for nothing. So, na- <laughs> so number one, she mad about her time wasted. Thanks. Number two, volleyball practice is tonight. Yeah. And she needs some motherfucking shoes. So she already on the team. Or this no, is no, she, this, this is tryouts. Man. So she need these shoes and she is not fucking around. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, look, baby, what I can do for you. I said, we can go, on to, we can go to school late. We can just drop your brothers off. Me and you can hang out. I'll take you to breakfast. We can kick it until Foot Locker open, which is right up the street from our school. I buy you some shoes. We call it a day. No, she wasn't good enough. <laughs> what? Shit was not. She's like, I'm gonna miss three hours of school. I'm like, it's, uh, I'm like, want, baby. Oh, you one of those kids? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, baby is really <laughs> speaking from experience. Missing three hours of school in one day ain't really that big of a deal. She was not going it's middle school, right? Yeah, she in seventh grade. So well, I mean, nigga, you know I mean? ain't shit earth shaking going on. Two weeks before Thanksgiving. They ain't teaching you no new shit. That wasn't good enough. So I said, look, what I if that won't work for you, I'll go into work and I'll leave a little bit early. I'll stop at Foot Locker. I'll buy you some shoes and I'll bring them up there in time for practice. No. Well, nigga, that's the only options right now. What you want me to do? Make you some? <laughs> like that? that you want to you wear, you wear, your, you wear your paw shoes? <laughs> that, shit was not, that shit was not working for her. She was not going for that shit. I, I don't know what else to do. I, I didn't know what else to do, too. So, like, she's still yelling at me like, this is all your fault. I said, I know it's my fault, but this is how I can fix it. Don't she, make me pull a rank over this motherfucker, okay? Oh, she was like, well, I'm just not going to school and sit down on the couch. Oh, she so don't want to go to school. Miss three, <laughs> miss three hours, miss the whole day. I said, you sound, you sound like a 12-year-old. <laughs> I said, get up, get in the car. We'll figure it the fuck out. Long story short, I end up doing like a half fucking day at work. She didn't know I was coming up to school to pick them up that day. So I picked her up at 2. Volleyball practice started at 3.30. We went to three fucking shoe stores in an hour for her to break me for a pair of women's hirachis. Fucking broke me, nigga. That's a good volleyball shoe, though. Very light. Still athletic. The Jordans would have been a horrible choice for volleyball shoes. Yeah, kind of heavy. I was trying to get her to. You do know how you, you do realize how important this day was for her. 
<laughs> I did. Do you remember basketball trials at Cass? Yeah, like that was, was some serious nigga, shit. It was a thousand niggas in that gym. Everybody like dog. everybody thought they could hoop. Facts. It was a thousand niggas for eleven spots. And it's like, all right, we do a layup line. Hey, you get out of here. You get out. Like it is a lot of pressure. Like you know what I'm saying. You got to make it at least to day two. Yeah. Like if you don't make it to day two, like fam, it's no. Is it? Yeah. Till next saying? year. Facts. And so hopefully like, you ain't no senior. Yeah. So it's like. That's a big deal. Yo, shoe, because you know when you went, you got to make sure your motherfucking shoes, excuse me, you got to make sure your shoes was together, you got the right shoes, the short, you got to, everything got to, because you can't look weak. All I'm saying is like the shoe run ended into shoes, socks, and a whole motherfucking outfit for volleyball (laughs) practice because I fucked up. Man, shout out to volleyball, man. I love volleyball. I used to play. My mom used to play too, man. My mom played in a church league. We had a uh, church league had a volleyball, man. And volleyball is really fun to play, though. In middle school, we used to have to play it and shit. You yeah. used to play all the damn games and shit. But like back in uh, shout out to all my people who who listen who used to go to Dixon, man. And in the gym, Miss Tillman and them motherfuckers, the, them was like some fucking hell of a games. Like though. volleyball is a big deal for like. Her her mother's side of the family, like her aunt, she like two of her aunts played. Yeah, like so. I mean, is she kind of like falling in line with the tradition? And here I am, go fucking it up, throwing out the shoes, man. But she broke me though. Yeah. Women, I didn't realize how expensive I got broke. Women's hirachis were. I got broke this week. What happened on shoes? By who? So look, man. Uh, I'm at work. Was that yesterday? Yeah, I'm at work yesterday and shit. And uh, it's like midday-ish, and it's time for me to go to Twitter. Cause <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do that's what at lunchtime? No, it was before. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to go to Twitter. And I went on there, and I followed Kicks Deal, and it's a link to these oh, Concord man. 11s. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, click, click. And I get the – they don't come out to December 8th. But the sneakers app, for whatever reason, a couple weeks before they drop, they make them bitches available for like 10 to 15 minutes. A really short window, and I just jumped on that fucking window. Boom, I got them. Then I threw that shit in the group chat after I got them because I need to make sure I got them first. Yeah. <laughs> threw that bitch in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a group chat. So, boom, got them. Got my Concord 11s. Cool. I also win the motherfucking uh, raffle yesterday for the Yeezys that dropped on Saturday. Ooh. Man, you know I've been trying to get me a fucking pair of Yeezys for a long time. Retail. Yeah. Because I'm not paying. No, no, no. No markup. Like, no can, markup. I can always get some, but not, not retail. Markup. We, we only pay retail for kicks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I end up getting them bitches. Like, what's the odds that on one day I get the, the Concord? The sun shine on you twice. I get the two fucking holy grails and shit. So I ran about $5 worth for, for, for gym shoes. Fuck but why don't you send me the link to the concours? I love them shits. Yeah, man. What's up? I shoe? buy a pair every time they come out. What size shoe you wear? I wear a fourteen. No, fam, I got eleven. Because <laughs> <laughs> because one, I really wanted the Yeezy. I don't even fuck with Kanye right now, but these Zebra Boys is cold. Yeah, and I've always wanted them. And uh, so uh, yeah, I got broke yesterday on some oh. fucking shoes. But it was worth it. Yeah. It was worth it, but I want a pair of them Concords. I wish you would have sent me the link. Yeah. And the nigga just got paid. But December 8th, you know. Yeah. I ain't standing outside. I'm never standing outside. I don't go to I ain't standing outside. Now, I did pick up the Yeezys today from um, from Somerset because, you know, you do the reservations through the app. Yeah. Whatever, and I won that shit, so I'm going to pick them bitches up. But, I mean, no one no one does that no more. No, I see niggas sleeping outside. 
I don't know why. I'm not. They don't got smartphones. <laughs> they don't got stock X. Like you know, they, like like uh, Mr. I mean, Allen's, you can still get them like day of. And if you drive past the Mr. Allen's up the street from the studio, niggas going to be camped out there next weekend. Well, we got time. Not I. Okay. I ain't got that type of time. I don't give a fuck that much. I should have texted Ty Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll get this shit hey, together. I didn't even think about that. Um. So, uh, so man, look, man, last Shout out Ty, man, because that was... A wonderful a dude, and hopefully we can get him back in a new studio. I'm sure we can. Man, you know what's so funny? When, you know, Facebook do the little memories and shit, right? Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this shit over two years now. So memories from the first year, memories from the second year, and these days keep popping. We drop every Saturday. So yeah. we, we post the Pretty same consistently, time. yeah. And I be seeing, like, old guests and shit we had when we got the first studio. Like, I thought that shit was sweet. You know what I'm saying? And now when I... Shit I'll be was, looking. It was very meager. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was real. It's a very meager. small room. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, we used to pack. But it was room. us. But it was our shit. It was. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm like, it's showing the growth. Like, damn, I want, I want, I want to bring some of them guests back. You know? Yeah, show them how we living now. Because yeah. even, even I think this week, shout out to our homeboy High UP. Because yeah, it showed the episode when P first came on two years ago, and I, I tell the story all the time. P, we didn't know you was white when you pulled up, man. <laughs> Had no clue. Man, I called Jay. Was like, "Hey, is this, this white guy here?" I guess. I was like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we didn't know. We just come. We've been conversing via the, you know, via the social. But P been a homie since day one. Pulled up, pulled right up on us with gifts. Man, he's so talented, dog. Yeah, he is. Like, um, if you're not cold. fucking with how you clothing, like I don't know what you're doing. Like everything is handmade. Yeah. And even when you get the package, there's there's gonna be a little surprise in there. That's handmade as well. P doing it, man. Yeah, that's man. that's the homie. Much love to the homie P. Yeah. Uh, so look, man. Last Saturday, I went out to the live lit laughter or no lit as fuck comedy. Oh, with, with uh Dion Cole, Martin, Martin Lawrence, Dion Cole, Ricky Smiley, um, Ricky Smiley was there. Benji Brown, uh, and um, D Ray Davis. Okay. And I can't think. I can't. I don't want to leave out my man from Detroit. Um, something Thomas. God damn, my bad. I'm a, I'm remembering it. Blame it on my mind, not my heart. Um, it was dope, man. Y'all had the suite. Yeah, we had the suite. You know what I'm saying? Which was great at first. <laughs> no, it wasn't great at first. Because something, something happened with the suite, man. And they fucked the tickets up. So when you scan a bitch, they said, like, invalid. So I think a pit, initially they had um, made digital tickets. Or they made paper tickets, and then they had digital tickets. Then they made the paper tickets. Somehow they got that bitch just got crisscrossed, and there was a little mix up at first. And I had to walk out in the cold to the box office, and it's not good when you have a ticket and then you gotta <laughs> walk past all the people that you went. You know what I'm saying? It's not a great feeling. Okay. But, so it was cool, but the shit was funny. Like it was. Was Martin funny? Martin was funny. Cause I didn't see, I wouldn't seen Martin live a couple years ago. Yeah, I saw Martin live like four or five years ago, and, and the shit was, wasn't funny. Shit no. wasn't funny. I tell you, this nigga Dion Cole is a motherfucking fool. Okay, he's one of my favorite comedians. Uh, shout out to him; he's hilarious. But I'm not even a, I'm not a Ricky Smiley fan. I've never really been a Ricky Smiley fan. Huh? He hit or miss for me. Yeah. He was hitting Saturday like a motherfucker. Pause. Uh, that shit was hilarious, though. Okay. Like I, I, that shit was really funny. Everybody was funny. Everybody did a good. Everybody did a really good job. Shit, I should. I should have came out to that shit. So I took a couple pictures and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then I posted online, 
and I just get my haircut lower and lower each week. You know what I'm saying? Just let it go. And man. well, time out. Well, you, you still you still got a hairline. You yeah. still got a hairline. I do want to bald. I want to. I'm telling you, if you cut it bald, it's not coming back the same, my nigga. Just get like you can kiss that shit goodbye. I don't care. Like that's not that's not a thing for me. You know okay. what I'm saying? I don't. You know what I'm saying? But it was so low, and then the picture angle, and the light was shining, so. I got a bunch of text messages and DMs like, nigga, you cut your hair, you cut your hair. When you cut your hair? I didn't know you cut your hair. I'm like, I didn't. But now that I know that it it looked like it and everybody was cool with it, think about showing up on Thanksgiving with the fresh body. Hey, man. I mean, three or f- three out of four of your partner. I mean, we're, we're collective. There's four of us here that run and own the studio, and three out of the four of us are bald. Come on over to the other side. Well, my my dad and my brother both rocked the bald heads a few years ago and made me want to do it too. So it's just always been, I've been wanting to do it, but I just be scared. Like Just I, be scared that your hair is never going to come back the same. Like if you want, like this look that you have right now with the hairline and all that, that's, this is it. When you cut it, it's it. Oh, I don't have waves no more. Like back in the day when my shit was like booming. like yeah, that It don't a, even matter about waves. When you touch the top of your head and it's gone... Like it's just, well, I guess it's it, not coming back. I guess it's different when niggas lose their hair and have to go a bald head, right? Not that's not a shot. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. Okay. I do think it's a different feeling. So when I tell niggas I want a bald head, they be like, No, no, like it's like a like it's taboo and shit. Like nigga, I just want a bald head. You know, it I started losing my shit young, like seventeen. I started getting thin in the middle. So I already knew the writing was on the wall. So, I mean, once I've always worn it low for years, so when I finally decided to cut it off, it wasn't, like, nigga fucking traumatic. Yeah, it wasn't fucking traumatic. But, like, I know what you're talking about. Like, niggas that didn't have waves and curls their whole life, and then that shit start, the top start peeling back real slow. Or, like, they should be patchy and shit. Or, like, yeah. George, like, no, that's not what's going on over here. I, you can you know, put some Beijing in it, though. Bring it back to life. That shit. You gonna be looking like a <laughs> Carlos Boozer, comedian Jay Will. Oh, with the big head. That shit looked like the the fucking Martin Tommy. <laughs> yeah, it did her shit. Uh, anyway, man, let's get into some shit, man. What's going on this week? Um, I think everybody is blowing this KD and um, what you call this shit out of proportion. Why? Like niggas got into an argument, fam. Like they, I seen reports like their their relationship will never be the same. Did this you see? This. Did you see what they said? Draymond allegedly said to KD, "Say you a bitch." <laughs> yeah. <Something> like, that. <laughs> like somebody said that to you, it's never gonna be the same. Like that's that, that's gonna hurt your feelings or like what's niggas? I've heard you're a bitch. You know you're a bitch, and you, and we don't need you. We won without you. Leave. Like that shit is bent up. That's bent up frust- that's pent up frustration from deep down inside. We no, don't like you, nigga. But that's not the case. Cause that nigga is the one who went to the parking lot when they lost the championship to Cleveland, that nigga, Draymond, went into the fucking parking lot, sat in his car, and called KD and asked him to join the team. You brought a nigga here. Like you personally called him and asked him to come to the team. Well, now, nigga, I don't like you no more. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, the niggas got into an argument, fam. Like, Nick, y'all ain't like he fucked your baby mama or some shit. Like, I think sports is just emotional. You know what I'm saying? When you play at that type of high level of sports, 
Shit, sometimes emotions can just get riled up. That's all the shit is. I think you done play sport. We we both done played competitive facts. sports before. Like you just get emotional. You be in the moment. Nigga, we, you say shit that you may not mean, but like we still homeboys at the end of the day. And I think like dog, I, I say shit to my best friends, and we be arguing over like one. Then you finish be like, I need one grass on eat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it ain't it ain't like it ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? But like. I just seen articles how now KD is leaving. They should get rid of Draymond. Like, nigga, it's 15 games into the season. It's nigga n- still got like 60-plus left. What I'm saying is there no LeBron and not doing that good. Like, there's not a storyline right now. Not yet. And it's, it's usually not one until around the All-Star break. Well, now this is a storyline. Now let's watch and see what happens to the Golden State Warriors. Like, come Nothing. on. Nothing. Like, y'all know who winning this shit this year, right? So I don't think it's going to be – I think it's too early to say it's going to be Golden State. Uh, who who? I mean, they're the team to beat. Boston has a nice young team, a nice young team. These but but, ba- but Boston is they they gonna gel and they gonna get that shit together. They gonna shoot better than Clay, KD, I'm and Steph. <laughs> I'm saying and that's we, and we got Boogie Cousins. I just, Boogie is hurt. Boogie has been practicing. Boogie Bo- is on schedule to, to play no on January first. But you talking about a, se- a nigga that's over seven feet and about three hundred pounds on that bad Achilles? If like you got to, that's that's an injury you really got to come back from. Fam, I'm running on the treadmill like four months after my Achilles. If that, I mean, it may have been, it may have been sooner. But you're not a professional athlete. It's different. You're not. I put, don't have a prof- you're not running every fucking day. I don't have a professional team looking after my vitals every fucking day. I'm sure that nigga is great. I'm sure he's just fine. <laughs> I got to see when he come back. When now, if Boogie comes back, do you really think that Boston can match up with Golden State Warriors? This match up? I think they create. You some, think they gonna beat them niggas four games? I don't know, man. It's the playoffs. You make adjustments in the playoffs. Boston and they still, but but Jay, we still haven't gotten to the trade deadline. They could easily pick up another two, three pieces. Melo about to be out there dangling. He could come off the bench for Boston. I'm glad you mentioned Melo. I don't like how they trying to do my man Melo like this, dog. Like, I'm going to let you speak before I, before I go. Like People are speaking off of emotion, and they're speaking off of headlines in the news. Go to NBA.com and look at the nigga's stats because they don't match up with how everybody write the nigga off. Like, literally, just look at the nigga's stats like, what are y'all talking about? I, I, y- y'all doing him like y'all did T.O. Like, y'all pushed T.O. out the league before he was done. Y'all pushed Ocho Cinco out the league before he was done. I don't like how they doing this, man, dog. Especially making him the, the, the scapegoat in Houston. Like, now, now, the shit that's going on in Houston, they, what we 10, 15 games into the season, like. You put me, last year I'm on a horrible-ass squad with, uh, with Russell, who shoot every fucking thing. They... I'm in a horrible-ass squad with Russell Westbrook last year, and I'm on the motherfucking team this year that the niggas is underperforming in every category damn near because your whole team is different. Yeah. We got a nigga who don't coach defense at all. and That's his business thing. It's only offense. Well, that, that should work perfect for Melo because he doesn't play any defense at all. Now, do you think that nigga's a good coach? Dan Tony? Yeah. I think he's a good system coach. Do I think, like – Like, when has he ever had – like, when has he ever coached good? You know, he coached them Phoenix Suns teams when they was that third, when they had like that that twenty second offense shit. Like he, but he's had, but he had a bad stint in New York. No, he's not a good coach to me. I mean, he ain't no fucking Phil Jackson. He just get people. He run and gun. 
That's fine. And Melo doesn't. And I had fucking Steve Nash, who was the real coach out there with the ball in his hand. Oh, yeah. St- he had MVP year Steve Nash, like yeah. back-to-back MVP year Steve Nash. So, I mean, that's something a little bit different. In my opinion, I also think they're doing Melo wrong. Now, I will say this. Melo is a defensive liability. He's older, so, yeah, he done lost a step. Time out. Don't nobody play defense in the league. There is no such thing as a defensive liability. <laughs> it's 10 niggas who play defense in the whole league. I knew you was going to say that shit. That's the truth. Niggas don't play defense. The whole game. You see the scores? Oh, yeah. Like the whole the, this the year, game is centered around offense. They, they averaging like 100, over 100 points a game. Everybody. Every team in the league is averaging over 100 points a game. Damn near. But, I mean, you got to keep your man to a minimum. And, like, Melo is still a defensive liability. Number one. He's a... He's lost a step, and he's just he's playing, playing. He's playing like fifteen minutes a game, and he's essentially just an aging score. In my opinion, I think Melo will be better served for a contender coming off the bench. He, I don't think he's a bench player. Who who would you start Melo over right now in the league? I would start Melo over whoever is. I don't even. Do you know who's starting over Melo in, in Houston? James exactly. Ha- James Harden? Oh, the shooting guard is starting over Melo. <laughs> fucking James Harden? Who playing the small four or the power four in Houston right now? Oh, man. I know the nigga name. I can I can see him. I don't know who the fuck the nigga is. Okay, well. I, I, like, when they be like, no, he should come off the bench. For who? I only let Melo come off the bench for the second squad because then he can be, he can be the instant offense. He can, he can light up the offense. He doesn't need to... To share with a bunch of bench players, put the ball in mellow hands and let that nigga get 18, 20 off the bench. Play him 25 minutes a night and let mellow just go. Um, I just start me and I'll still play 25 minutes a night. Because I need to be out there with, like, if I'm out there with the second unit, that means the second unit ass. My second unit is ass. So now all the attention is on me. Everybody, when I get the ball, all the other niggas is looking at me because my second unit is ass. What I what I don't think that Melo got a fair shake with is because he's a shooter. You know, he's a scorer. And score, you need to be out there on the court and feel the game. You got to make a play. You got to get into the flow of the game. And I don't think D'Antoni gave him that chance. I honestly think Melo will probably be a better fit somewhere in Boston. Maybe Miami. Him and D-Wade could do something together. Maybe, man. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the Pistons could pick him up. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be not be opposed to that. Even though it was 15 years too late from when they should have got his ass. We might not have a championship. If we had Melo, yeah. I, I think we might have had three more championships. We'd have five. Or four, a young mellow. I think with a with that with that Pistons team from '04, and then a young mellow coming off the bench, learning the NBA game with Larry Brown as the head coach. We have the reason we didn't pick up mellow. We had Tayshawn, we had Mimino Core at the time. Right, who was balling? We were, but I mean, you still got a plan for the future. Them niggas was young. They was the future. They had, we had just picked them niggas up. Hey, when you have a perennial All Star falling into your lap, and it's not even. This is what pisses me off a about my Pistons. Not a, a rookie is not a perennial all-star. Look, I love my Pistons. But when you look at everybody that they did not draft, even if you didn't grab Melo, you could have fucking drafted Chris Bosh. You could have drafted fucking Dwayne Wade. Anybody except fucking Darko. Now, what if Darko was cold? Would you still say we should have we drafted uh, all the other people? Now, you don't fucking know. It's the draft. It is. I'm not... 
I remember Chauncey talking about the shit. I forget who was and on. He, and he said like Darko was looking like the man in the gym by himself. Yeah, like but when on, practice started on the tapes and in and the warm ups, like damn, the nigga look cold. We didn't know until you got in there with real NBA players. Because even when you go to different teams and you work out, like y'all just be working out. Yeah, it's just one. It's just you in the gym. It was yeah. a bunch of coaches. So. Uh. I don't know, man. Final thing, man. Before we get into some into some real shit, uh, uh, did you see the Jill Scott video? I did see the Jill Scott video. <laughs> What'd you think about all this Jill Scott shit going on, man? Uh, a lot of y'all been out here sucking dick for years. Can't keep your fucking metro bill paid. Uh, I'm worried about what Jill Scott doing. You know, I've seen Jill Scott perform on more than one occasion. She, I've seen her do something similar previously live. I've so seen like. Oh yeah, I remember when them <laughs> shit, I remember when them shits hit the internet. So I mean, she a grown fucking woman. What you think she doing at home? She's sucking dick. I've just seen a lot of people and singing. I seen a lot of chicks. Jill Scott ain't got nothing on me and all that other shit. Well, that's that's fine. Let me. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Jill Scott at home sucking dick and singing good to a nigga, and somebody is happy with that shit. Thanks. I'd be happy. Man, I watched Black Lightning. They killed Jill Scott character on Black Lightning. I ain't never get into Black Lightning. Yeah, it's only second season, man. Get him. Is it on Netflix? It's on the CW network. So, a- a.k.a. regular television. The Color Watchers Network? <laughs> Low-key, they, you know, they got an app, the CW app, and everything on there. You can just watch the shit for free. So, get caught up. Okay. I might check it out. It's good, it's, though. It's, it is, and it's black. Well, I... <laughs> it's black. I mean, I'd assume so. But no, what I'm saying is the show was really black. Okay. Like the music, like the soundtrack, like everything about the show was black. The themes are black. The whole us against the police. Like in real life, I think the city they live in, they're trying to make it seem like it's Chicago or something. It, it's a fictional. It's a black city, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a real black show. And uh, Crondon is on there. He's a bad He's a bad guy. Okay. From uh, Strong Arm Steady. Yeah. He's a he's a. He's doing an excellent job on there, too. You know, man, when we're talking about superheroes and shit, Stan Lee passed this week, man. man. Yeah, dog. It's like a piece of my childhood being ripped away. Man, I uh, was on another podcast on Monday the day it happened, and I just shared over on this side. Like, I, I got a lot of respect for Stan Lee. Um, my father's in the comic books, you know what I mean? So yeah. by default, me and my brother was in the comic books. I draw. So I used to draw all the Spider-Mans, all the... All the Punishers, all the Marvel shit. You I know what I'm saying? It had some DC shit in there, but usually Marvel. But it was a few years ago, and I never noticed that. Um, I got a lot of respect for Stan Lee because in the height of the civil rights movement, he highlighted our struggle inside of the X-Men. Yeah, Professor X was Martin. And uh, Magneto was more Malcolm X. Malcolm X. So Malcolm was the, by any means necessary, if they put your hands on you, you wipe them off the face of the earth. Professor X was the integrationalist. I want to be integrating society or whatever. Yeah. And during the themes inside of the X-Men, it was like, hey, maybe we should give these mutants a chance. They're not so bad, blah, blah, blah. A.K.A. mimicking the black struggle during exactly. the height of the civil rights. So I don't know how much that had a, 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 a impact, but... Let's say it did in your in, in people's subconscious. Mm-hmm. If they can identify with the struggle of the X-Men, maybe they identify with the struggle of us too. Maybe that helped during the civil rights movement. In so they, any event, 
I appreciate that shit. And then he created Black Panther like in the midst of the civil rights movement Facts. as well. Black Panther appeared in 1966. Like we were still in the thick of that shit. 100%. And he came up with a black superhero that came from Africa. Africa. The richest country in Africa. And he was the richest person in the world. Yeah. So take that, Batman. He's actually richer than Tony Stark. He yeah. is in the Marvel universe, he is the richest person. Yeah. Period. Like Tony is a drop in the bucket compared to his riches. You think he's gonna be I think they always film the the next Avengers movie. It's gonna be some tears in that motherfucker when they when he do his final cameo, dog. Yeah. Cause he's gonna die. Would you think I think they should they should like at the end of the movie do a mashup of all his cameos. Yeah. That'll be like some Oh, you talking about Stan Lee. I thought yeah. you were saying like Tony Starks, because no, that motherfucker finna Stark. die. But yeah. Uh, but like it's gonna Stan be dedicated Lee. to Stan. Like you yeah, know it's gonna be dedicated so they, to Stan. So the last time he appears on his little cameo, because they shot the movie already, you know he's always something. I yeah. think he was like the bus driver the last go around or but like that's gonna be a emotional shit for all the comic nerds. It is. It is. Marvel Comics meant so much to so many people, and it still does. Yeah. I mean, it was something that you know, I was a comic book head coming up, and you know, at a certain point, I passed them down to my sons who are still interested in the thick of comics. So, I mean, it's it's something that we were able, a love that we were able to share together. Yeah, man, I still got my comics, man. But and, and more importantly, man, it had me reading as a child. Yeah, because because it gave me something to look forward to, and yeah. I was interested in reading. Used to go to the hobby shop with me and my pops, and um, you know, my pops was into model model cars and stuff like that. So we go to hobby shops. They had car. They had. Um, comic books, comic books, and those uh, the hoops cards, oh, basketball cards. You know what I'm saying? Man. The hoops and the upper deck. Hoops still got the, hoops reign reign supreme. The gray boys. I I know what the <laughs> you fuck you talking. I got a box of them bitches one year for Christmas. Man, so the hoops reign supreme, but uh, the upper deck had like little holographic shit and they had the little you know. Yeah. So shout out to that man. All right, man. So look, man. Uh, we shot back some um, back and forth, some YouTube clips or whatever, um, some different conversations, some interviews that happened with um, on Vlad Television, Vlad TV with um, MC, MC Search. Search, and it got me to thinking, man, about the '90s and then different things that happened in hip hop that uh, a lot of people don't know the story of, and it's so much stuff that's probably like missing. But one that we kicked a, or talked about was. Um, there's a video that said MC Search said MC Hammer put a hit out on him for fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> That's a lot of money back in the early nineties. Yeah, and he Hammer was getting that bread f- for sure. Do, was, do you remember Hammer had a cartoon? He had a doll or action figure. Hammer had everything. Yeah, and niggas act. I had Hammer tapes. Uh, for sure. And it was that. Hammer dissed everybody. All your favorite rappers from that era, Hammer dissed them on Let's Get It Started. All these niggas. Hammer was. It was a. I found. Also, I found a, a clip of the the top 15 worst diss songs ever of all time and the top 15 diss songs you never heard of. It was some great shit on there. But the Hammer put a hit on them. So the whole thing was in third base. Um, they dissed Hammer's mama. Yeah, so MC Search said when he went out to L.A., there was a kid. They kept talking about this Hammer kid. This is before Hammer blew up. Yeah. Talking about this Hammer kid 
whatever that, you know, was a ball boy for the Oakland A's and selling out the trunk of the car or whatever. And everybody said he can dance. He can dance. So when he went up to him like, yo, what's up? Uh, I heard you uh, a good dancer. Let's battle. He said, Cameron, look at him like, fuck out of here. <laughs> Got in his car and dipped off. Like, nigga, fuck you. Who the fuck is you? And dipped off. So he thought like, oh, that was different but he like he from new york you know what i'm saying yeah, it's a different, shit. and it's a different vibe yeah he understands that now so um mc hammer dissed run dmc on a song let's get it started he and, dissed uh, them niggas and you know run dmc put mc search and third base on you know what i'm saying so he's like look i'm gonna diss these niggas i'm gonna diss him not these niggas <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna diss him on this song and he said third base the gas face got your mom. It was a play on words. Well, let's do you do you remember the video for the gas face? They beat a fake MC Hammer's ass in the bit in the video. I don't remember that part. I remember they had a hammer with some gazelle glasses on top of the hammer, and them knocking the glasses off of the actual this big dumbass hammer and shit. But it was a play on words because like whatever the name of the album was. Oh, MC Hammer album was Turn Your Mother Out. Turn this mother out. Turn this mother out. And they song was some shit like the gas face. So they was like the gas face turn, turn MC Hammer's mother out. Play on words like, nigga, our album did better than your album. But he was like, oh, nigga, that's... You dissed Hammer's mama. You dissed Hammer's mama. So they on their way to the West Coast. And they get a phone call. Like, hey, yo, y'all still coming out here to Cali? I'm like, yeah. Good, you're dead. And hung up. <laughs> Alleg- it was Hammer putting hits on niggas. Allegedly, that was a uh, you know Hammer brother or some shit like that. Allegedly. Uh, long story short, they got there and like, like nigga, you know, we need some, we need some protection. What's going on? And they called Mike Conception. I don't know if y'all uh, remember one night, one Mike, his name yeah. came up, uh, and they was like, look, man, I ain't gonna do shit. Maybe break your legs or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all be okay. <laughs> so they got a gangster nigga named Pookie. Uh, to protect them, you know what I'm saying? So they said they somewhere right. They out on the streets, and a nigga, <laughs> he signing autographs, whatever. They see niggas coming up from both sides, pulling up the mask on and shit like that. And then Pookie throws his gang signs up, whistle. Everything cool. That's me. Oh, uh, Long story short, man, they came out two different times. Niggas came out with, like, MAC-10s and shit like that. Like, they was really ready to kill them. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, <laughs> he wasn't. Open. He didn't want that smoke. Yeah. So they snuck him in the venue that night at security. And uh, all that shit happened again. Long story short, MC Hammer says none of this shit happened. Because <laughs> gangsters move in silence. MC Hammer said this shit don't happen, blah, blah, blah. I didn't get the, I didn't get the impression MC Serge was lying about this shit, though. Because he was, he said, I've been in therapy, uh, Every day for the last 25 years. Like, I'm not over it. He's like, I can't believe he was trying to kill me for a rap lyric. I'm like, Search, this is a different culture. Let me tell you something. This is not the first time I've heard stories of MC Hammer not playing no motherfucking games with niggas. You can Google the shit. Red Man got a story about yeah. a run-in he had with MC Hammer. He dissed MC Hammer by mistake. Well, not but he dissed MC Hammer and MC think, Hammer th- thinking that thinking them hammer pants was some was like a, a game. That nigga Hammer's from Oakland. And they don't fuck around in Oakland. And think about this though. Not only am I from Oakland, 
y'all make fun of me saying I, I went broke and all that shit like that. I had all this money. First off, it's different levels of broke. Yeah. Because he's broke Hollywood. Yeah, I, don't know like, what, I don't know what his finances look like. But the reason he... A lot of niggas file bankruptcy just to save and start all, just and start all over again. But the reason I'm quote-unquote broke is because I literally took the whole city of Oakland on tour with me. All the hood niggas, all the gangsters, yep. everybody, and I gave them jobs and I gave them careers and I got them. So the whole hood going to do what I say because I'm paying the entire. No, I, he took like. The whole hood is eating off a hammer. He took like 60 people with him on tour. He had like a full stage set up, like a bunch of dancers. Like he, he was, Hammer was selling out fucking coliseums. Yeah. He put on oh, 357. Who else Hammer put out? It was a couple. He put a lot of people out. Yeah. So he. Juice A got him great. Yeah. Uh, That's my shit. I see. (laughs) I see. Uh, But he not okay with this shit. He said the last day of MTV raps and shit, I guess Search was in there with his goons. He found out Hammer was in there and they said they all pulled the ratchets out. I didn't know about that part of the story. (laughs) Hey, listen. Yep. I don't know, cause search. You know, maybe he did, maybe he did not. We have some younger viewers out there that may not remember a record label called Death Row, and MC Hammer was also signed to fucking Death Row Records. And MC had Pac in the video, and uh, <laughs> and a lot of people said they got jerked over by a Death Row Fifty, not Fifty Cent. Uh, Hammer never, never. said he, <laughs> he got it. Hammer never. Ain't Suge doing him Shug dirty. Ain't never did him dirty. He ain't putting no hands on him or do nothing. Like, All I'm just gonna say is run up on Hammer if you want to. That Hammer will beat your motherfucking ass. That's what what said Andre. <laughs> yeah, run, run up on Hammer if you want to, and Hammer will beat your motherfucking ass. Man, it's a lot of different stories from the '90s, man. Now, MC Search did talk about Nas, right? Right. And uh, you remember the verse from Live at the Barbecue? Yeah. Man, that was the first verse he was ever on. Like, Nas was like... On Main Source album. He was like 16 or 17 at the time. Yeah. Long story short, Nas was about to get a record deal or some shit. And he asked Search to, like, look over this shit for me. And he was like, no, I can't do it until unless you sign on my company or some shit like that. Thought that shit was kind of strange. I'm like, oh, it sounded like you either jerk the nigga. Be like, but no. when you 16, 17, don't know shit about yeah. business or let alone the music business. Yeah, he like, look, man, this is a 60 day contract. Like, that's not no, like, I don't own you, but once you sign to me, I can legally look over your documents. Long story short, MC Search took him to Def Jam. Didn't Def work. Def Jam didn't want shit to do with it. A couple him. different. Nas actually mentioned that shit in uh, Surviving the Times, by the way. But Russell didn't didn't want him, and all they didn't want him. So Search took him to I forget who was the actual label or whatever, and negotiated a, a great fucking deal for him. You know, he said he he went to he asked somebody like, "What was David Bowie's points on this record?" He was like, "All right, we, I want that for him," and that's where they started at or whatever. And he negotiated a deal, high points and everything like that. He said, and they asked him about the publishing. He's like, "Oh, I'm not getting no publisher." Like, I just want my little 5% or whatever, whatever the small, he didn't say the percentage, like, very small percentage or whatever, and, like, I don't want his publishing and like that. And he took it back to Nas and his lawyer, and Nas' lawyer was like, yeah, we're not signing with you. We're going to go directly with the label. And he was like, all right, I know y'all be back because y'all couldn't nobody finagle this deal. Long story short, he signed a deal with Nas, um, and he said Nas' first album was sold 165000 the first week. And he recouped 
that first week. He was a millionaire the very first week of his album. And Search didn't have no publishing. And that was the pretty much the, the extent of their working together was a, a roughly three or four weeks. You know what I'm saying? The reason I bring that up is there's a line in a, a famous rap song. And, that was better than another rap song. Uh, there's a line, a line in a famous rap song where he says, um, you ain't get a coin. You was getting fucked in. I know, I know who, who I, I paid, paid God. Searchlight publisher. And um, that's not true, fam. He, he didn't own any of his publishing. Nas was a millionaire the first week. And when after they signed the deal, he even gave him his, his advance, whatever. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even recoupable. Like, nigga, this is just this, this is, is your money. money. This is a bonus. He said that first week he gave him, he gave him two checks. Moved his mom out the crib. Moved his mom out the hood and never went back. Like, he literally was a millionaire the first week his album dropped. Everything was recouped. High points on his album, the whole nine yards and shit. Like, how many other fucking great hip-hop stories is out there that we just, or we got, what's some shit that we just got wrong? You know what, man? It's, it's, it's a lot of urban legends that exist. It's a lot of real st- I mean, we've sat in this same room with 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 mics and cameras off, yeah, and heard some amazing stories. Facts. Heard some amazing shit, man. Oh, you want to hear this? I heard some. Yes. Oh, I heard about the story about a certain Detroit rapper and another Detroit legend that's got beef out in these streets. You know the one I'm talking about. I can't think of it right now, but the Hooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we can't. I would never speak on that shit on camera or with a microphone on, but like, we know that shit exists. Yeah, man. Is that an edible you eating? I uh, know it's a, a regular chocolate. I mean, it's a regular cookie from 7 Eleven. Oh, okay. Oatmeal raisin cookie. I thought she was holding out because I'm going to get high too. Man, y'all got to leave this weed alone, man. Ain't nothing wrong with smoking weed, man. I don't even want to. I don't want to hear your lecture today, Pastor Johnson. All right, man. I'll let you niggas get your estrogen levels up. <laughs> Feminine ass. <laughs> y'all better grow that shit, y'all. Say. Y'all better find a, a original seed somewhere. You can buy. Grow. You can buy the seeds. Find you an original seed somewhere. And grow I don't want to grow no reggies. Listen, fam. What y'all niggas smoking? I'm trying to grow Kush. What y'all niggas smoking ain't weed. That shit ain't from the earth. It is money. I don't want. I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this. I don't want. I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk about facts. Because <laughs> the last time we did this, I almost wanted to throw the table over. Listen, family. I don't want to do it. I'm just saying. Just go to something else, man. Just leave weed alone because you judgmental. What you, you judgmental? How's up? Because you're always talking bad about it. When the last time you got high? I haven't gotten high in over 25 years. That's a damn shame. Come on, my house this weekend. I get you smoked up. I'm straight. If a nigga like me gonna ever smoke some weed, bring me the regular weed. Oh, nigga, nobody wants Reggie's. No Reggie bow. Think about that. Cause first off, if don't if all y'all think one thing, I know all y'all niggas wrong. Cause most niggas is dumb. Right. <laughs> and most niggas if ever if most people believe this one thing, I'm going to obviously. I wouldn't wait. even know who sells Reggie's these days. Cause Kush is so affordable. What's in Kush? What what Kush come from? The Kush man. Niggas <laughs> <laughs> be smoking some shit. Though. I, I go know. to a house. I put my money in a mail slot. So look. Something comes down and I leave. So this is what I don't know. So now that marijuana is, is legal in the city, when did that when did that kick in? I thought it started the next day. <laughs> does, like I don't know. How does that work? This shit, nigga, I thought it started the next day. 
I don't know if it works like that. Uh, maybe like in two. I don't know if it works like that. I think after forty eight hours, it should be. <laughs> I should be alright. But does that mean people who are on parole or on probation do they have to stop doing drug tests for weed? I don't know how that works. Because like, if weed is not legal, if I quote unquote drop dirty for smoking a legal substance, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, they should like. Maybe they should take that portion out of the drug test. Maybe they should continue to drug search for illegal drugs. But like, why would you? Why would you drug test me for something that's legal? So like, my job does drug testing. We do. They do random drug testing. That's your job. I'm talking about the state for to be lock you in prison. Like I'm on probation. I don't know. Or that's, parole, because like that's about good and bad and breaking laws. If this is no longer illegal, I don't know. I don't know. Because if this is a part of your probation and the judge already beat the gavel on it, like, I don't... Well, it was illegal then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cocaine's still illegal. So my, if, I drop, now. if I drop that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But, like, like oh, we, we, we tested your urine and it got cigarettes in it, sir. Uh, yeah, nigga. I, was, I, was <laughs> I don't know how that works. Maybe we should... Uh, we we got to inquire about that one a little bit further. I'm sure there's a lawyer or somebody we can reach out to. Or if you're a lawyer and listening... Like reach out to us. Let us know, cause it's gotta be, it's gotta be some loophole around that shit. It gotta be, dog. Um, but then it's not federal, though. What? Well, but could the state? Yeah, the state. state can, yeah. <laughs> you know, I ain't in federal prison. This is state prison. Yeah. I, I don't know. Reach out to us. I know there's a lawyer somewhere out there that listens. Man. So that's it. So what? What? What other thing in during hip hop history would you like to? Have, I know where I, w- I would like to be at. Like, if there's a moment in hip hop from the '90s specifically, because this is, I think the '90s is a great time. It's okay, one of the best times in music, in sports, in movies in general. I think the '90s may have been like the best ten, eleven years. Fair enough. Um, where's a, a hip hop moment that you would like to be there for? I saw an interview on Complex that they did with Allen Iverson this week. Yeah. And AI was talking about how he was in the studio for the Life After Death sessions. Okay. And I would have loved to see, not even say Life After Death, I'd have loved to been in the studio and seen Big in like his creative space and like how he really concocted that shit. Because mm. he was the first one allegedly that was writing rhymes without no pen, just getting in a booth and allegedly... Because I, I see the look of disbelief in your face. No, he was the first thing. He just said it on Sway in the Morning. I mean, on the Wake Up Show. And then that's what niggas ran with. Well, I would have I loved to see the, the organic process of that shit happening. Yeah. Him creating them classics. Him doing a One More Chance remix. So making you nobody till somebody kills you. And hearing those verses for look, the first time. Here's a fun fact that was uncovered here inside of Shop Talk Podcast Studios. Um... You know when Biggie said my Detroit players? Stink Pink Gators, my Detroit players. That was Chris Weber. Chris wrote that? No. Chris is responsible for that line. So, and I didn't know that, but he said this is words out of his mouth directly. Out of C Webb, because he, yeah. he was on a corner pocket. Shout out to Freeze, Gary. Yeah. And um, um so he's he and Biggie was cool. Yeah, because he was on You Can't You Can't Stop the Rain. They was friends, and he brought Biggie to Detroit. And he rode around through Finkel, through Six Mile and everything, and Biggie was chilling in the hood 
with Chris Webber. He took him around. And then shortly after that, that hypnotized came out when he shot out Stink Pink Gators, my Detroit players. Like Biggie was 23 years old at the time. Like he ain't never, he had never been to Detroit. Like, what did you know about, you know what I'm saying? Like that was him. And also, um, yeah. So that, that was his mother shit. I can't say, cause that was awful. Okay. <laughs> they have an offline, but like, um, that line was um, directly about uh, Chris Webber, and Chris Webber was there at the Source Awards, and all that when all that shit was going on. And now that's some other shit I would have loved to been at. It was like the Source Awards when that shit like really meant something. Yeah, still, he said he was sitting behind Big <laughs> when that shit was going on. Yeah, uh, which is interesting. Uh, a, a moment in hip hop history that I would love to be in at been at would have been Tupac conversation with Nas. In New York City, uh, when they both had their yeah, cruise, had their cruise with them, and everybody cruising in big circle, and them niggas, I don't know what that conversation was about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I, I've heard both sides of what the conversation was about. Like, hey, and that's really what made Pac disnize on um, truest shit I ever wrote. You know what I'm saying? Because he thought everything was like squashed, and then when he heard. Fake thug, no love, you get the slug, see before go. You know what I'm saying? He thought that was like about him. Yeah. Cause he in the songs I got shot, left the hospital that same night. He was like, Hold on, fam. We just talked. And I think this is a diss towards me. I don't know if it was a diss or not, you know what I'm saying? But that's really what but I would love to see that conversation because they had, from my understanding, a powerful conversation about them uniting. Like if you can hear authentically them on a track together. Or just be, I just want to hear what that conversation was. Like. That's like some Malcolm and Martin shit. Not on the. No, no, but I'm saying they were two major figureheads in hip hop at that time when the East Coast, West Coast beef was real. And that shit was still brewing. When the bad boy death row beef was real. Yeah. Because that shit, like every, when I go back and listen and read different articles and listen to different interviews, even back then, every rapper was saying there is no East Coast, West Coast beef. But the media, MTV, and all the magazines. That's when MTV used to show music. Yeah. On the magazine covers, they were always referencing, but every artist was like, fam, we don't, it ain't no East Coast, West Coast beef. Like, they was all saying it. Biggie was saying it. Like, like look, it's not an East Coast, West Coast beef. It's a, these niggas don't fuck with these niggas beef. Yeah. Uh, I would love, what would be your favorite hip hop show to go through in the 90s? Oh, nigga, Rap City to Basement. That was that was on my bucket list. I wanted to rap in the in the booth in the basement just once. Oh, not that type of show. Oh, though I always wanted to go in the booth <laughs> just just I, one time. I wrote a verse about going in the booth. But I'm saying like, what rap show would you write want to be with or be able to go to? Oh, Death Row. Like when they was at the height, Snoop, Pac, yeah, Dre, like uh, the Dog Pound, like fucking Death Row. Yeah. I was thinking like some, um, that's cold to be able to see the dog pound Snoop and Dre and Pac. One show. Man. The Death Row All-Stars. Man. Nate Dog, Lady of Rage. Like Death Row had a fucking roster. Man. I was thinking like, hmm. If you go to a bad boy show, all you're going to see is Biggie. No, not at all. In the, I mean, in the 90s. Yeah. It had been Craig Mack. 
it'd have been Biggie, it'd have been Total, it'd have been like Bad Boy was. I'm not saying Bad Boy no slouch, but you know who the star of the fucking show is. You know who the star. Of, it's guess. a lot of star. It was a lot of stars on Death Row. Until Pac came home, and there was just another star on Death Row. Like it, it wasn't no, it wasn't no Snoop album after Pac came home. On the, no, because Snoop left for No Limit shortly thereafter. So you're right. Yeah, I mean, after Pac, Death Row died. Mm. Mm. Daz and Corrupt start beefing with Suge. Mm. Like, all them albums came out pre Machiavelli. I don't yeah. know. What's a, what's a Death Row album that came out after Machiavelli that was. Of new original Death Row music? I don't know. Death Row died when Pac died. And they was only signed to the label for nine months. Didn't Nate Dogg have a solo album? Did that come out on Death Row? If Nate Dogg had a solo album, it did not do good. Nate Dogg did have a solo album. It was a double album, matter of fact. I can't tell you one song off that shit. <laughs> but I can tell you all the classic songs he's been singing on. But Nate Dogg, I'm just trying to think, was it on Death Row, though? I don't know. Uh, I do got a, a somber note for... Um, since we talking about Bad Boy, we talking about the 90s and... Shit like that. We think about Puff. Uh, Kim Porter passed away. Man, that's sad as fuck. Really sad, man. Really sad. She is the inspiration behind the greatest black love song of all time. This is why I was wanting to talk about 90s and different stories or whatever. I, I, do you got the audios of that? About the Kim Porter deal? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Let me pull it up. Because you know when she passed and they were talking about it, Cheyenne... Because she knows my love for this song, bought the shit up. But I got the audio right here. So just hook, hook me on in. Hook me on in. So, 1991. I started to write the song, Forever My Lady. And it was about Kimberly. The song was about Kim. Uh, so you have my baby. It means so much to me. And I remember they were working on the song and they couldn't come up with the lyrics. And Al looked at me and he was like, so you're having my baby. And I was like, <gasps> Forever My Lady ultimately became the title track of Jodeci's debut album and a number one hit. Soon enough, Al and Kyle West were working with other up-and-comers. Man. Such a beautiful person, man. Yeah, she, and I think, and I think for real, Puffy was in love with her. Like that that's that soulmate forever type of love Facts. that he had for her cuz they would break up and get back together again and f- they collectively have what? 3 4 kids together? Yeah. No, no, she had she's the mother of four. She has his twins and then his son, uh the one that looked just like him. Yeah. Christian. Yeah. And then she's the mother of Quincy, I'll be sure's son, but mm-hmm. you know, he's helped he's had his hand in raising Raising him as well. Man, that's sad, man. That's sad, man. Autumn, man. That's sad, man. And it's a terrible time when it happens. I mean, it's losing someone is never easy, but like when it's close to the holidays or right around then, like it always puts a a different imprint on things. Facts, man. Um the uh on Thanksgiving, man, this it'll be one year, man. I remember. And uh so I uh I randomly called my grandma this week. Uh, she was on my mind. I called my grandma. I talked to her for about like an hour, hour and a half. I don't think I've ever talked to my grandma that long. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but she started talking about my mom and different. 
this week, I just been hearing a lot of different stories from the past. And it just got me to thinking and reminiscing, like, man, there's just so much history that uh, it goes on around us that we take for granted and we just don't know. So she was telling me different stories about conversations they had about me. I'm like, that's what was happening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Yeah, man. It's so much history, so much rich history amongst our families that we oftentimes don't don't discuss. People are moving in their own directions, doing their own thing. I know that there was a question that I had for my grandmother before she had passed because it was like my grandmother passed about two years before I lost my mother. And I had asked her, but she never had mm-hmm. like she was she was suffering with dementia. So some days she be rolling on all cylinders and some days she talked to you. you. Don't know you know who the fuck you was. So, I mean, I never got a chance to get like a full answer from what I wanted to know about her. And then like her sister, my aunt passed maybe about I don't know maybe about a year and a half ago and she never like gave me the full answer about what I wanted to know about a part of our family so I mean that's always going going to linger on to me because I don't I'll never have that so I mean that was part of our conversation with her is um you know we was talking about last week talking about like that DNA shit and you not knowing where you like this it's damn near impossible to know where you from Right. Without any sort of actual proof. Like you can look at a piece of paper or some whatever. So I'm like, listen, the only way that you're gonna know who you from who you from, who's your parents, your grandparents, and where y'all from, is to take that record yourself. Yeah. Record that information. So we was just kicking about and seeing how far we can trace back and like she can trace back um on both sides of her family. So on my her side and her and her my grandfather's side. From her side, she can go back to, like, her great-grandmother. So that's, like, my grandma 85 years old. You know what I'm saying? So her great-grandma. So we can we can track back there. So I was just talking about um, getting all that recorded. So I recorded the conversation. She told me she was going to have one of the other cousins call me and because uh, he got all the, the shit up there, and we're recording it. So me and Netta, uh, we putting a family reunion together for next year. But I'm in charge of the media, and I want I'm gonna interview like all the elders and get all this information. And That'll get, be good to have all you that know history, what I'm all the history on tape, because it's important. So there's never gonna be a question of well, who is this? Where'd you come from? What was your natural customs and concern? This is one of the reasons last week I was explaining to y'all or trying to explain and why I posted. It's like that test can't tell you where you're from. Is because my grandma is originally from Florida. Um, so if you did a DNA trace and you did you, you trace my DNA and say, "Oh, your people is from Florida," but I'm not. I'm from Detroit. Yeah. So you typically want to find out where you're from so you can know your your cultural connections, the the, the things you talked about, how that culture acted, right? Mm-hmm. But the culture in Florida and the culture in Detroit is two different things. So, like, how do you ever truly know? Like, so if she was from Florida and then her father was from Mississippi, which one are you from? Because you got a direct parent who from somewhere else. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's damn near impossible for you to be like, oh, yeah, my people came from Nigeria. Well, maybe one of them did. <laughs> right. If one of them 50, 50 generations ago did. But what does that tell you? What you need to do is talk to your people which is why you should probably play Family Game Night. 
Ah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when you connect it with your family, y'all can actually ask those questions and find out who your auntie is, who your uncle is. Or how about this? When you get together for Thanksgiving, put the motherfucking smartphone down, turn the TV off, and talk to somebody that's older than you. Facts. That's it. It's really that simple. Enjoy the holiday and enjoy your family. Put the motherfucking smartphone down. After the Lions get their ass beat, turn the TV off and just talk. Take your phone. Put your phone down. Pick up Family Game Night. Go to FGNGames.com and have a good time, man. Yeah. Maybe you get it before. Uh, order it now. Get it before uh, possibly. I don't know how shipping works. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put that type of pressure on them. Right. Don't put that type of pressure on them. I don't know how shipping Right works. before the holiday. <laughs> well, do, you get it for Christmas, nigga, so yeah. do it now. You know what I'm saying? You got two holidays coming up. Make a good stock and stuffer. <laughs> you got a whose man's is this? Um, I do got a whose man's is this. Okay. I got a whose man's is this. It, it angers me, actually. So other day I'm eating some shit I ain't supposed to. I'm up in um uh Captain J's and you shit. You a fried chicken eating motherfucker. I, I gave I'm gave after that I had a stomach ache after I ate that shit. Fried I, chicken and beer. I um I, I woke up in the middle of the night with a fucking stomach ache. Not like a bubble guts. Like the shit just hurt it. Yeah. And I, I knew it was from the food. Like I'm too I much lemon pepper. I shouldn't be eating that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Too much lemon pepper. I'm up in that motherfucker waiting for my goddamn food and shit. I look over at the goddamn television. And what do I see? I see an American flag with a fucking German shepherd standing in front of it. Then I see a big-ass funeral procession. Procession. I see a church. I see a pastor speaking. Because this punk-ass fucking dog had a fucking funeral on television. And people came out to honor the fallen officer. Listen, man, I said that shit before, and I and I say it again, and I really mean this from the heart of hearts. Fuck that hoe-ass fucking dog. A man lost his fucking life. How fucking dare you have a fucking funeral for that fuck-ass dog? Who put that? Who okayed that shit? I'm sure the public funds and resources could have been pulled for something else this shit irritates the fuck out of me because y'all so selective with y'all fucking hearts and y'all compassion a man lost his fucking life but y'all praising this fucking dog so after y'all leave the motherfucking funeral for this whole ass fucking dog you take your ass up north and go shoot an animal and put him in the back of your truck like i don't get it so you care about the dog life because he dog he died with a gunshot wound and you about to go kill a fucking deer yeah, that made much sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Now, be like me. I don't care about none of these animals. I shoot everything. <laughs> Look, man, I I grew up with dogs in the crib. Me and too. I, I've had dogs since being an adult. And shit, most of them never paid for dogs about $150. So when, it was, so when it left me, granted it was part of the family, but I look at my initial investment and I was not hurt. Listen, dog, I'm not a I'm not a fan of this I'm not a fan of this shit right here. So uh whoever okay that shit, whoever put on that shit for the city, fuck all y'all. Who mans is this? Fair enough. Do you got a whose bars is these? Because we, Yes, I do. So and so hold on, I, before shout out to our winner. Two, cause somebody uh Ken uh hit me up as well. Uh the real Pee Wee on uh on um Instagram. I fucked the bar up. You fucked the bar up. I fucked the bar up. Shout out to Roshan. Yeah, he could. I knew as soon as I said it the second time, I was like, I think I got that wrong. You know, I was in the moment. L was was egging me on, so I (laughs) fucked up. So shout out to them, though, because they still got it. 
but the bar came from? Bar came from a song by Skateboard P and T.I., Hear Ye, Hear Ye. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, but do you have a, a Whose Bars Is These for the week? Um, I do, and let me get it. But that ain't reality. I look happy, but under the smile you see a nigga who know out of three women, two out of three will love you, but lead you to their own hidden evil, bitch. You the reason niggas be beefing. Hold get on. Supposed to be earth ain't worth the pussy that you sit on. Yeah. Who bars is these? Whew. Okay. You got to hear this whole, that whole fucking verse is cold. I think I know what song it is, though. That's my shit, too. I think I know what song it is. My music pick for the week, uh, Anderson Pock dropped a new project today, Oxnard. Um, I've been listening to it all day. Had a chance to ride with it because I, and I was listening to it in the office because I decided I didn't feel like doing shit at work today. All right, pretty decent album, solid all the way through. A lot of Dre production in and out of there. Knife Wonder on it too. I mean, you know, I've been listening today. I've been listening to uh, Big MF, Early Mac. Um, oh. got a project and um, he was on there fooling Loki. Early Mac can spit. He was on here like. Lyrical exercises on all these tracks. Yeah, early Mac and Spit. And um, shout out to Payroll, T Grizzly, Peasy, and um, Icewear Vezo. Icewear Vezo, man, that's an iconic picture they took, man. Yeah, man, they're trying to unite the city. And did you hear the verse that uh, that Vezo was spitting on camera? No, he was going in. Vezo got Vezo got the bars because I two sides. I'm still fucking with it. Like that's. Nigga said he run this bitch. It must be two sides. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you got. Well, no, that was kind of that was some. Um, he took that from Shorty Love. Shorty Love shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, which was <laughs> that was an underrated beef. Shorty Love and Ti. Yeah, it like, was because they, they never actually said each other name, but that shit was pretty. That shit was heavy. And then they end up living being next door neighbors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. And then, on, do you ever see, you remember you the video from for the what? The West a, Side. Well, goddamn. <laughs> must be two sides. <laughs> nigga, that's a classic shit. But do you remember, and nigga, that whole song was, oh, Lord, I done found my swag. <laughs> yeah. But then, T.I. went and shot the video and oh, what up? What, ha- what up? What happened? And he nigga, was doing the dance in front of his hood. <laughs> that nigga was on his front porch and shit. Like, what up? <laughs> What's happening? Niggas are so disrespectful. Nigga, T.I. T.I. Like, might have be, be at the top of that disrespectful list. Yeah, T.I. undefeated in beats, by the way. Undefeated? Undefeated. I get that. Yeah, he undefeated. And whoever he was talking to and I'm talking to you, you lost. And we still don't know quite know who he was talking to. The king comes out unscathed. I think that was kind of about Rick Ross, by the way. They had they had a they had like a, a a very minute it was a very short period of time when they had a, a disagreement and it was it went, it swept under the rug. That's why I think that who it was about never came out. The only people name he didn't mention was Rick Ross and Lil Flip. And by that time, Flip career is dead. Yeah, but it still kind of fit Flip, fit Flip, but like talk about a nigga that has some potential and then that shit was fucking murdered. Nigga. Yeah, that shit. <laughs> that shit was fucking murdered. Yeah. It's time for the Benny. Yeah, man. Dame Gone Wild, Twitter, Instagram, at me. Get at me. Uh, Jay John. You know what? Follow Shop Talk Podcast and uh, follow Shop Talk Podcast Studios 
Um, yeah, that's the only two things that matter. And I'm not saying that we the Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jay and Dave. Hell yeah. Peace.